Tonight on America's Hope, a story that you don't want to miss. The true story of a woman who witnessed history, a Chinese woman's fight for freedom. Meet Jennifer Zhang, who is dedicated to freeing China because she has the courage to believe. Tonight on America's Hope. Welcome to America's Hope. I'm Kelly Wright, and tonight we're talking about a very serious subject, the CCP persecuting its own people because of their desire to believe and practice their faith. For example, Christian pastors or Christian people in China have to go to a state-sponsored church. If they go to an underground church, they're often persecuted. Uyghur Muslims, persecuted. But tonight in particular, we're going to focus on Falun Gong, Falun Dafa, as some people say. That is a, a movement that goes back to ancient history in China, back to the proud traditions, or I should say, the humble traditions of truth compassion and forbearance. So tonight we're going to meet someone who is a member and a practitioner of Falun Dafa. And she is also, as you will see, a hope activist who endured so much in order to gain freedom. That's our focus tonight. Persecution in China. Persecution? but not in despair. Joining me now is Jennifer Zeng. She is an incredible woman doing some remarkable things, but she has an incredible story to tell us, a story about her own life and her fight for freedom. Jennifer, welcome to the program tonight. It's a delight to have you on. Thank you so much for having me. Let, let me ask you how your life unfolded in China when you at one time uh, had worked as a member of the Communist Party, you were a member of that. What happened to make things go wrong? It goes wrong when in 1999, when the then CCP Chinese Communist Party leader Jiang Zemin decided to crack down on Falun Gong, an ancient spiritual practice movement based on three principles, truth, uh, compassion, and forbearance because I had been practicing Falun Gong for two years. So as a practitioner of Falun Gong, I was arrested four times and then sent for the Beijing female labor camp to be tortured and brainwashed for a year. So where I witnessed and experienced unimaginable inhuman treatment. And sometimes I felt I was in, sent back in, by a time machine to the Nazi concentration camp because I just couldn't believe this kind of torture, this kind of uh, prison still existed in the so-called new China in the 21st century. So that was when things went wrong with me, purely because my practice of Falun Gong. 
Wow, that's that's really unbelievable because the practice of Falun Gong takes you back to the ancient traditions of China. Why was the communist and why is the communist government of China so much against this practice? Actually, if we look at the history of the CCP since it took power, every 10 or 7 or 8 years, there was a major campaign and political campaign targeting different groups. Sometimes it doesn't need a reason to target any Pacific, a Pacific group. Like now, it's, it is targeting Uyghurs, Hong Kongers, uh, Christians, Falun Gong practitioners. And uh, maybe it's because CCP has its own fundamental fear regarding its own legitimacy because there has never ever been an election inside China and the CCP was never ever elected to govern China. So it always had uh, this fundamental fear. So in order to, uh, I think, deal with this issue, it has to maintain a certain level of fear in the society uh, so that people won't have the time or ability uh, to question its illegitimacy. So every 10 or 7 or 8 years, it has been targeting a different group, like uh, in the beginning of its regime, it targeted the so-called landlords. It killed almost two million landlords, and then it targets the so-called business owners or capitalists, as they call it, in the cities, and then it's intellectuals in the anti-rightist movement. And then, of course, it's cultural revolution. Even CCP's own officials got persecuted, including Xi Jinping's father, right? And then it's a Tiananmen massacre where students got killed and massacred. And, and then 10 years later, it's Falun Gong. And the persecution goes on and the list goes on and on. And I think for Falun Gong, one of the other reason is Falun Gong's popularity because it's a very obvious health benefit. So within seven years since it's introduced to general public in 1992. So through the CCP's own investigation, they estimated that Falun Gong practitioners outnumbered the CCP members by 1999. So that became a huge problem. Although Falun Gong is not a political in, uh, organization or it does not have any political aspiration, but because of CCP's own fear, it's always fear that such a large group could, could have a political agenda and somebody maybe stand up, say, oh, let's get rid of the CCP. So out of its own fear, it decided to target Falun Gong. And another thing I think is maybe uh, the CCP's persecution of Falun Gong is inevitable uh, because what Falun Gong is and the Falun Gong represents and the Falun, Falun Gong promotes is truth, compassion, and forbearance or tolerance. These values, these principles are exactly the opposite of what the CCP believes is and, and has been. So Falun Gong's highest moral standard and conduct in the society, I think, embarrassed the CCP. So, so 
so in this case, I think even if Falun Gong did not have so, so many practitioners, the CCP would still target it. If people all believe in truth, compassion, forbearance, nobody would believe in communism anymore. You've written a book called Witnessing History, One Chinese Woman's Fight for Freedom. And you were just talking about at the top of the show how your fight for freedom actually was a difficult fight, being persecuted, imprisoned, and tortured. I'd like you to, if you could, to go back and elaborate on that a little bit more because it was really a shock to you that the CCP started cracking down on Falun Gong, particularly given the fact that it was once accepted as a great practice for health and well-being. And then, as you said, out of fear, they begin to crush it again because of the numbers of, of so many people making it such a popular practice in China. Yes, I was very, very surprised when I heard that was uh, in the morning on July 20th, 1999. It's exactly about 24 years now. I heard from a fellow Falun Gong practitioner at the, at the same practice site and the park that the CCP would uh, started to crack down on Falun Gong. And, uh, you know, the volunteers in the practice sites in 18 different provinces had already been arrested. So I went, I wanted to go to the appeal office in, in the central government to uh, appeal to the government against the persecution because I had been practicing it. It offered me great health benefit. And I think there's nothing wrong with it. So as soon as actually I arrived near, I haven't really arrived. I was close to the government compound in Zhongnanhai. I was stopped by a police officer. And he asked me whether you are a Falun Gong practitioner. Upon saying yes, I was immediately arrested and pushed inside a bus. And then when the bus was filled with practitioners, all over Beijing, or maybe some of them came from other cities. Uh, and then the bus full of practitioners were taken to a sports center in the uh, western suburb called Shijinshan. So uh, together with thousands of other fellow Falun Gong practitioners, we were detained in the sports center because there were no big enough space to uh, to hold or uh, to capture, detain so many Falun Gong practitioners. So that was my first arrest on, on July 20th, 1999. Of course, I was very, very surprised because I didn't expect a government would crack down on such a, a good practice that it had been support until that time. I never imagined that I, as a member of the Chinese Communist Party, and I graduated from the top university of China, and I once worked for the actually state council, uh, the highest level government policy consultant and research institute called the, Re the Development and Research Center of the State Council. I would never imagine that someday this thing would happen to me. And, and not only did it happen to you, but it's what they did to make sure that they try to stop you
from continuing your practice of Falun Gong. I want to get a little bit deeper into that aspect and how they even use uh, your own daughter against you at one point. Let's take a break. When we come back from the break, we'll talk more. I'm talking to Jennifer uh, Zhang, an incredible story, and you don't want to miss the rest of the details about her practice of Falun Gong and the crackdown from communist, uh, the Communist Party of China. Back with more of America's Hope in just a moment. Welcome back to America's Hope. So I'm talking to Jennifer Zhang. She is a human rights activist. She is also an author, and she was also involved in a, a stunning documentary about uh, what's happening in China. It's called Free China, The Courage to Believe. And, and Jennifer, you have displayed your courage to believe and to continue to persevere against everything that was thrust against you by the Communist Party of China, a party that you served in a high capacity and loved, but they cracked down on you because of practicing Falun Gong. So you were talking about being imprisoned and how that surprised you. Were you also surprised with the severity of how they treated you and others in prison? Yes, I think I still remember very clearly on the first day when I was sent to the Beijing female labor camp, that was June 1st, 2000. So the first sound we heard is an order squat, and then it's the crack of the electric bantons. So if from the very first moment we were in the camp, we were forced to, to squat and with our hands put underneath our are uh, behind our head and uh, lower our head looking at our feet and from that moment on for the 38 days when we were in in that uh, the so-called dispatch center for the labor camp personnel we were never ever allowed to raise our hand uh, raise our head and look into the eyes or look at the face of the ccp of officers if they talk to us we need to we, we need to reply them and while keeping our head lowered looking at the our feet all day long, all, uh, except for the time when we were sleeping for 16 hours, 16 hours per day. We had to wow. keep our eyes, uh, uh, heads lowered. And for the first day, we were forced to squat under the scorching sun, baking sun for 15 hours continuously. And uh, you couldn't imagine how any human being can endure that. So there were many elderly ladies who couldn't, you know, withstand this kind of torture. So they fainted away, they passed out. And as soon as they fell on the ground, the electric bantons were immediately applied mm. on them to, to make them awake so that they can continue to torture, to torture us because the CCP had a tactic to crush your will uh, with the most severe kind of pressure and torture so that you were you can be transformed in their term the, uh, and in their language the only purpose for us to be sent there 
is to get us transformed, which means to get us to give up our belief in Falun Gong. So on the third day, because on the second day we were standing like this with our heads lowered down and at the same time recite out loud the very insulting regulations of the labor camp, such as, I promise I will not steal money from other people. I never steal money from other people. Those regulations were formulated for those real criminals. We committed nothing wrong, and we were there as noble uh, law-abiding citizens. They asked you to, you know, recite those insulting regulations, also including because there are a lot of prostitutes. So we have to uh, recite. We don't do nasty gestures. We don't use drugs inside the camp. We don't uh, steal other people's money. So that kind of insulting also nearly killed me. So on the third day, I couldn't endure this kind of... It's like my brain was constantly ripped by this kind of 16 hours continuously reciting of those insulting regulations. So I couldn't endure it. I asked for a piece of paper and a pen to write an appeal because that was my legal right to appeal against my labor camp decision, which was denied in, when I was in the detention center. And as soon as the police officer heard my request, two of them dragged me out of my cell and dragged me along the, the floor to the courtyard. So all, all my pants, my underwear, including my skin and my bottom were broken because they dragged me along the very rough floor and threw me on the, on the floor and applied two batons together on me until I lost my consciousness. So that was the kind of very regular and basic torture everybody suffered in the camp. So they put you in and treated you like a common criminal. Yes, worse. Worse than a common criminal. And, yes. and had you recite things that had nothing to do with your practice of Falun Gong, which is peaceful and as you stated, noble. And, and so they were trying to crush your will, your spirit. And, and it sounds like they were even trying to brainwash you by yes. beating you into submission. Yes. What gave you the will, the determination, and the hope to persevere and to overcome? Because I've experienced and witnessed too much inhuman kind of torture against human beings. For example, there was a young lady who graduated from the same university, Peking University, because she refused uh, to obey their order. They tied her in a chair and uh, several male police officers used electric batons on her head, on her mm. private part. Mm. until she lost control of her ball movement and her private part was totally damaged and hurt and she couldn't walk for several months. And there was a blind lady who was also 
forced to do hard labor as the rest of us and elderly ladies and disabled person. And there was even an illiterate lady woman from the countryside. She couldn't even read because she never been to school. Oh, and she never practiced Falun Gong, only because they searched, they found a copy of Falun Gong book at her home, which was given to her by another Falun Gong practitioner, but because she couldn't read, she never read it. But because of that copy of Falun Gong, she was also sent to the labor camp. She was so frightened and she had uh, some problem with her waist, so she couldn't even sit up. She was, you know, crying on her bed, crying day out, day in and day out. So all those of inhuman torture I witnessed, I experienced, they even tie four, you know, toothbrushes together with the sharp and outside and push this thing into the vagina of mm -hmm. female Falcon practitioner and twist, twist, twist until they saw blood come out. And they also apply sleep deprivation on Falun Gong practitioners since October 2000. Whenever a newcomer was sent to the camp, no matter how long you can hold, there was no sleep at all until you collapse. So I witnessed the moment of a young woman who went into insanity because she was not given any sleep for four days and five nights or five nights, four days, I forgot which is which, continuously tortured, beaten up and no sleep. Before she went into insanity, she was willing to die for Falun Gong. That's why she ended up in the labor camp. But after she was so-called really transformed, she would eagerly tell you why Falun Gong is so evil, repeating all those mm. government stuff. So she was no longer herself. For me, that was worse than killing yeah. her. I yeah, never Jennifer, witnessed but... this kind of evil. Yeah, evil indeed, and, and just a horrible way to treat another human being, the depravity of how they uh, conducted themselves, those uh, Chinese uh, prison guards, and what they did to you uh, and, and your friend. I, I need to ask you, you watched that, you still endured, and you persevered, and so they realized they couldn't get to you, but they, they got to your daughter. Explain to me what happened with your child, the only child that you had in China because of the one-child policy. Uh, talk to me about what it was like to receive the, 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 the questions from your daughter. Yes, that was, I think, very, very hard, even harder than the torture I endured myself. Actually, on the very first day of the crackdown, because they put on all the propaganda attacks against Falun Gong on TV, even on the usually music-only channel or children's cartoon channel, every channel at that time, 24 hours, seven days, were, were all full of 
attacks against Falun Gong. So of course, my daughter watched a lot of that, and it started to confuse her because initially, moms tell told her that Falun Gong is good; you should follow truth, compassion, and forbearance. And why the why the suddenly the TV says totally something different about Falun Gong? They confused her. But while I was in home, I tried to explain to her that Falun Gong is. Good, but after I was sent to the labor camp, because her she she was living with her grandmother, grandfather, and her father, of course. So her grandparents, uh, in order for her not to be discriminated against in her school, because her mother was in the labor camp for practicing Falun Gong, and her mother, in the society, everybody who practiced Falun Gong is portrayed as a as a member of evil cult and should be, you know, eliminated. So my parents-in-law told my daughter, you know, don't tell your classmates, your teachers what happened to your mother. But as a child of only, you know, seven years old, she couldn't really hold back this kind of secret. So while in with well, I think once when he was writing an essay uh, to her teacher, she somehow developed a motherly love for her teacher. So she confessed her secret to this teacher. So her secret became known. So my daughter was scolded by her grandmother and they had transferred her to another school so that she would not be discriminated. So. I think that was very, very hard time for her, and she had nobody to talk about and nobody to ask her questions. So that's why after I was released from the labor camp on the first day, she put a booklet on my book, which and with a, a note, handwritten note saying, Mom, I suppose, uh, I suggest you stop practicing Falun Gong. Please have a read of the book. So I, I had a read of that book. It was a booklet given to her by her teacher, by her, you know, by her school, full of most vicious lies against Falun Gong. So she was trying to convince me to not stop Falun Gong on behalf of all the society, all the teachers. So it pained my heart so badly to see my young innocent daughter to be poisoned by those kind of evil propaganda against Falun Gong. So when I tried to tell her that mom is a good person, she cried to me. Like, I know mom is a, a good person, but the TV says Falun Gong is banned. I don't know who to believe. It really tortured me very, very badly to see my dear daughter as young as seven years old toned between her own mother and the whole propaganda machinery of the entire society. She was demanding an answer from me. Why you, what you say, and what the TV and the school say are different. She was demanding an answer, which I didn't know how I could offer. So that's the worst moment for me in those years. You know, I, I'm sorry that you went through this. I, I know how heartbreaking this has been for you. Uh, and at that moment, as I understand it from the film, 
uh, free China the courage to believe at that moment you decided the best thing to do would be to leave China. Um, you left China and then you embarked on a campaign of human rights activism to uh, visibly show you're caring for the people back in your native China. So you didn't forget your daughter, you didn't forget your husband, you didn't forget your family, you didn't forget other practitioners of Falun Gong, Christians, Uyghurs, all of those who had been persecuted. You started reaching out to them and became this uh, human rights activist, reaching out to help people. Uh, what is it that you've been doing since that time? And, and did it lead to you being reunited with your daughter? So I struggled so hard to hold my willpower together and the determination to expose the persecution, I think helped me to achieve that. So, and I was, I must say, I was much luckier than most of the fellow Falun practitioners in China because that was in the very early stage of the persecution. They have not been able to connect the database of the labor camp with the custom. So I was able to escape China in 2001, I think only four months after I was released from uh, from the labor camp. So I arrived in Australia. Uh, I applied for asylum, which was granted two years later. So after, I think I was very lucky. Exactly three years later, uh, after I was released from the labor camp, my daughter was able to join me in Sydney after I gained uh, refugee status. So, uh, so that was and end up to be good. And what I want to say is, uh, still, while we are talking here, millions of Falun Gong practitioners and uh, Uyghurs and other, you know, believers in China are still suffering what I had suffered in the labor camp while we are speaking now. You, you talked about the Chinese Communist Party doing this out of fear and yet you're talking about groups of people that exercise faith faith in god faith in helping each other and and usually people of faith and hope and love and truth and compassion and forbearance build kingdoms that help each other empires and civilizations that are prone to helping each other and while you're, while you're talking about Chinese communist leaders exercising fear, are they also exercising a hate for something that is good? Yes, definitely. Hate is the most, I think, obvious trait of the Chinese Communist Party's culture. We call it party culture. So it has been instilled hate in the head of the Chinese population against whichever group they want the Chinese people to hate. Of course, Falun Gong practitioners is one of the group they want to hate. Now, generally, any Americans, any Japanese people, any people in Taiwan who want some kind of uh, freedom are also people to hate for 
uh, Chinese people. And sometimes, so some Chinese netizens are saying, oh, we are so busy. In the morning, we need to hit Japanese. In the noon, we hit, need to hit Americans. In the night, we need to hit Taiwanese. If we have some little bit of time, when we may need to hit the uh, South Korean people as well. So hate is, I think, nowadays, almost the only thing the CCP can rely on to, in, to you can say, manup manipulate the Chinese people yeah. and the population. So definitely hate. That's why they, they create so many false stories against Falun Gong so that the population can hate us. Welcome back to America's Hope. Very serious conversation and a riveting conversation with Jennifer Zhang. Uh, you are a champion of hope. I have to just say that. You are a human activist. You are a hope activist. You are keeping hope alive in the most dire circumstances uh, for your fellow uh, people who still live in China. Uh, the 1.3 billion people that you stated in the uh, documentary, Free China, The Courage to Believe, you went on to say there are 1.3 billion people who yearn to be free. And you've written a book about your own experience called Witnessing History. And it's the story of a Chinese woman yourself fighting for freedom. How, how real is hope for yourself and the people working alongside of you Yes, I, I think that is what, what we call faith. If you do have faith, you do believe in God, or if you do believe like us in the principles of truth, compassion, and forbearance, you believe if they are the truth the, the, or the ultimate truth of the universe, they will prevail no matter how rampant the CCP currently can be. So this faith gave me, of course, hope and the strength to walk through the darkest moment in the labor camp and to uh, persevere. And after so many years, like this year will be the 24th year of the persecution. So every year in, over, in overseas, uh, in, in America, every year practitioners in all over America will go to Washington, D.C. Uh, to hold a great parade and a rally uh, to express our, uh, we are still here, we are still uh, fight against the persecution and we are still fight for our freedom and we are still trying to persevere and to offer hope for those who are still being persecuted in China. So that's why the CCP, I think, spent at one time, the I think, a quarter of the national income to persecute Falun Gong because they know these people are so hard, they are so afraid of us because we have, we offer hope, we have hope, and they want to crush people's hope, and they want people to live in fear, we want to offer hope. So in this sense, they were inevitably regard us as its enemy, but I think our firm faith in truth, compassion, and forbearance help me and help all many others persevere in the, the most severe 
persecution in the history, and I firmly believe one day the persecution will be over and the CCP will be held accountable for what it has been doing, not only to Falun Gong practitioners, but for many fellow Chinese people as well as for the people in the other countries. Jennifer, it is a stunning story. It is a, a great film for anyone to watch. Uh, again, the film is called Free China, The Courage to Believe. Uh, the book is called Witnessing History, and it's a story about one Chinese woman fighting to be free. I want to thank you for sharing your story with the world because your book uh, became a bestseller around the world, encouraging people and yet educating people, informing them, and still out of that tragedy and out of those difficult times, you have been able to inspire people to fight for freedom and to lift up hope in times of despair and to show love over hate. I, I, I got to ask you a question uh, before I go. Uh, your family's reunited. You've got your daughter here with you. When you look back over your past and realize how far you've come, is there forgiveness in your heart for those who persecuted you? Yes, actually, I never, ever hated them because I practiced compassion. There was enough compassion heart. When I was being tortured in the camp, like kicked by a prostitute, I look at her, there was only pit in my heart for toward her because I understand if there is a principle in the, in the universe that good will be rewarded with good, evil will, be, will bring you retribution. I feel sorry for her mm. to torture me like that because it would bring bad consequences for her. So I feel sorry for her. I have no whatsoever hatred against her because I have practiced compassion for two years. There was enough compassion in my heart. So toward, I think ever since I practiced Falun Gong, that's why the CCP hate us. I never ever hate anybody, including the CCP. I'm talking about its crimes, its evil, just as the facts, just because the universe should not allow such an evil entity to exist. That's just uh, my rational judgment or conclusion. There's no hatred in my heart against anybody. So that kind of compassion also helped me to stay sane. If you have hatred, I heard a fellow Falun Gong practitioner said because the policemen use six electric bantons against him. He said if he had hatred in his heart, the hatred alone would burn her to death. Mm. So I think the mm. good thing is we practice compassion, truthfulness, compassion and tolerance, forbearance. That help us to uh, be able to treat uh, all, all of these evildoers toward us with compassion and we uh, hold nobody as our personal enemy. It's just uh, we need to fight for the hope and we need to fight for the justice for, for the entire human being. So yeah. there's no hatred. I'm very glad to Jennifer, ask that. Jennifer, that, that's called amazing grace, my friend. <laughs> 
you talked about faith in God, and that's something that God provides uh, all humanity if we would just take time out to listen. Uh, a final question. You're, you're living in America now. Uh, America, the land of the free, home of the brave, as we like to say. Uh, what's your message to America when you see us getting caught up in our division and talking against each other rather than coming together in unity? Uh, when I hear your story, I'm reminded that here at home in America, we need to be better and do better to care for each other because the world is watching us, including the CCP. Yes, I think American is or maybe was called the beacon of freedom and the entire world look up to America as the beacon for freedom, for liberty. And as a Chinese person and many Chinese migrants share the same feeling as me, we cherish the liberty in America so much because if we lose liberty in China, we can escape to the United States. But if we lose the liberty in the United States, where can we go? So that's why many Chinese migrants who have experienced the persecution or the, the bad times, the cultural revolution in China, we cherish the liberty of Americans more than many, maybe many Americans grew up here for who take um, yeah. the liberty for gratitude. So we hope that uh, all Americans can realize how cherished this liberty here is and uh, don't be, uh, you know, I think the one of the tactics of the CCP to defeat America is to create chaos and division within the United States because that there is their only chance that they can win a battle against the U.S. So don't fall into the trap of the CCP. Cherish our freedom and cherish our values and see through the evil nature at the CCP and never harbor any illusory, unrealistic imagination about the CCP can be turned into a, a good partner that will never ever happen. If they treat their own citizens like myself with that kind of method, why would you expect they will treat you as a foreigner better? No way. So I hope every American citizens can see through the CCP's evil nature and uh, don't harbor any illusions, illusions against them and uh, fight for our own freedom like very, very firmly. Jennifer Zhang, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And you have a, a program now on YouTube called Inconvenient Truths, where you keep people aware of what's going on uh, with the CCP and the persecutions and how to help people uh, find freedom. I just want to thank you again for joining us on America's Hope and actually telling us your story and then leaving us with some good common sense about advice that we should not take our hope and our liberty for granted in America. Thank you so much, Jennifer Zhang. God bless you. Thank you. Back with my final word after this. And my final word tonight 
in terms of what we just watched and the story that we heard from Jennifer Zhang, first of all, I'd like to thank her for being on yet again. But she said something that all people who love freedom, not just here in America, but in other parts of the world, all people who love freedom must understand that we should never take our freedom for granted. As many people have said here in the United States, freedom isn't free. You have to fight for it daily. It's a daily struggle. It's a daily process of reaching out to unite each other behind one single solitary commitment, one nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. And out of that, as Jennifer Zhang would say, we must be united and ignited to spread love, freedom, and peace, or truth, compassion, and forbearance, and have the courage to believe. Good night, America. Your America and my America. United we stand, divided.